Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. Hi, this is MG Gong, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna Podcast. Hey guys, it's Tony, and uh, the island breeze in New York today is not tropical. It's like 90 mile per hour winds. It's really scary. <laughs> yeah, it is Mary Poppins, blow those nannies away wind here in New York City. Um, it's crazy. Hey everybody, this is Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC, the Madonna Podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. And as you just heard today on the show, we are joined by MG Gong, who... As you all should know, as a good Madonna fan, danced in Madonna's girly show tour and human nature. Her human nature video. So, welcome to the show, MG. Welcome, MG. Thank you. Thank you. And hello from Hong Kong. Oh my God. How how is Hong Kong today? Hong Kong's good so far. So good. Yeah, a little little morning. (laughs) Yeah, just a, a nice dose of China. Is uh, how's the pandemic been for you? Has it been as as yeah, it's been fun okay. as it's been for us here in New York? It's been <laughs> crazy times to be sure. Yeah, um, but I think everyone's managing. Things are slowly getting back to normal here. Uh, they just started giving out vaccinations, so oh, that's uh, great. Uh, we'll That'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I hear things are going close to back to normal. Maybe back in New York uh, here around July. Yeah, so. I think these are all good signs uh, yeah. for everyone yeah. moving mm-hmm. forward. So, you know, at least there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I was walking around, I was going to the grocery store, my, my fun event last evening. And yeah. there was, because of all the outdoor dining that we have, yeah. uh, because of the pandemic, it yeah. was like a party on the street. Like there was just so <laughs> many people hanging. The weather's finally getting yeah. nice out. And yeah. it was crazy how normal the city felt again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hong Kong and China have been a bit more strict on their restrictions during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot more risk, a lot more consequence, a lot more media attention from around the world, mm-hmm. you know, for a variety of reasons, yeah. whether it's the pandemic or politics. So it was sensitive time all around uh, during the pandemic, I think everywhere in the world uh, for a lot of different reasons. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how everything moves forward, you know, mm-hmm. including the entertainment business, uh, you know, just the type of content that they're going to put out. Uh, what are we going to be focused on these days? And, you know, how are we going to move forward as a society? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm anxious to get back to some sort of in-person live yeah. theater experience or concert experience. I, yeah. Mostly because I paid a good chunk of change to go <laughs> see Janet Jackson on tour. And <laughs> that concert got postponed and... Ticketmaster does not refund the money these days. They're just yeah. like, we'll just hold this for when she goes. And that was like 2019, 2020. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I want to know when I'm yeah. going to be able to go see Janet. Stefan, there is a small consolation because uh, on her website, you can buy a shirt for the tour that never happened. <laughs> oh, collector's I, item. Yeah. Oh, they, well, I feel like we should have gotten that for free. You know, like <laughs> they should have just sent it to us. And I think it's a great time for everyone. I think really appreciates the arts so much more mm-hmm. now these days, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that the entertainment value or the escape 
that we can get from live performance, whether it's through Broadway or even going to the the movie house, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is so uh, important for people to get back to connect it to that human humanity type of experience. Totally. Yeah. I went and saw my very first movie. I you went did. to the Angelic went to the Angelica movie theater. What did I'm, you see? I'm I'm fully vaxxed, so I felt and, and yeah. we all had to keep our masks on inside, which did is Did you see I, the Michelle Pfeiffer movie? No, I <laughs> went and saw Minari. Oh, and, you did. So oh, good. it was so good. I loved it. I loved it. I was bawling. Well, first of all, end. that that performance by the grandmother was <gasps> phenomenal. Really outstanding. Phenomenal. I'm way. so happy she won mm-hmm. the Oscar. That was one of the most powerful performances, and not really talked about, to be honest. But just when people saw it, it was just, I was like, wow, she could win an Oscar with that. She does so much with so little. Like, her strength Mm -hmm. is like, just, it's like, it's like a halo around her. I I loved it. It's amazing. It's also, I felt she was so natural. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. that you didn't think she was acting like you just yeah. felt like that was her you know yeah. and um but then i mean the whole cast was great too i mean Stephen yeah. young was great and yeah. uh, the woman who played his wife i'm blanking on her name but she was wonderful the child the little kid yeah who yeah. played his son oh my god he was amazing yeah. i think that i think it was important uh also that that brad pitt uh produced that movie. yes mm-hmm. and i i really admire his work as a producer yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Minari, I think uh, with, I, th- I know that a lot of people realized that there were such great performances and this is a really unique movie. And I think that a lot goes towards the filmmaker as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's actually doing another movie with Brad Pitt's Plan B. I I think, and I hope, yeah. because I think that he's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if to everyone listening, if you haven't seen Minari, watch Minari because yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. All right. So um, before we get started, I want to give MG a proper introduction. So yes, please brace yourself. Okay. Um, MG <laughs> Gong is an actor, dancer, executive producer, writer, and he's also a martial artist. Madonna fans will know him from dancing alongside Madonna in the iconic Girly Show tour, uh, which went to every nook and cranny around the world, as well as expressing himself in her acclaimed human nature video in addition to madonna he's performed live shows with icons like selena michael jackson janet jackson u2 diana ross celine dion prince cheyenne john cicada whoopi goldberg uh, you know the list goes on he's been on broadway and television you may recognize him as gia kenman from the emmy award-winning hbo tv drama oz He's also had multiple projects with Foo Entertainment as executive producer. He does keynote speaking at media partnerships in China, Paris, the United States, continues to develop his ongoing passion project with the United Nations, a dramatic cultural exchange program with the Outlook of China Culture and Drama Committees based in Beijing. MG also created his own brand of cardio martial arts workout for all the major fitness brands in North America called Rogue HK. So we will definitely talk to him about that. And welcome to the show, MG. (laughs) We had wow. to edit that. We had to edit that down, MG. I'm just letting you <laughs> wow. know that's that's a, that's a small little version. You're a, is, what we call a multi hyphenate. You know, <laughs> who is that guy? <laughs> Ask him to leave the room. Can I just say, when I yeah. read that you worked with John Cicada, I immediately yeah. had to queue up that first <laughs> single from John Cicada, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, I loved John Cicada. I was in the audience at the Gloria Estefan coming out of the dark tour. <laughs> Where she introduced when, him? 
when she introduced yeah. John Cicada because he was a backup singer for yeah. her, and he sang yeah. that song for the first time. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I loved that song. It's so well, good. what story be told is that uh, when I first went on tour with Cheyenne, uh-huh. that was one of the uh, first big out of the country tours that I had done. Mm-hmm. We rehearsed for the first four months in Miami and South Beach. And we were around uh, Gloria Stefan and John Cicada's record was just coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So everyone in the music industry was around everybody at that time. And so we were seeing John just kind of walk into his fame oh, with wow. that outstanding record, by the mm-hmm. way. Like when you hear that record, Oh yeah, it just takes you to a place, right? And John was such an incredible performer and such an incredible singer. Like I think we saw him sing live just a couple times with uh, Gloria Stefan and mm-hmm. Miami Sound Machine, and uh, it was incredible. John and John performed on Broadway as well. And oh, well, as he, he should. His voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was incredible. Incredible. I was just going to say, you were working with Cheyenne, and I wanted to tell the listeners, for those that don't know, yeah. Cheyenne was a huge star, or still is a huge star in Latin America. He was like, yeah. to put it into context, he was like Ricky Martin before Ricky Martin. Yeah. You know, so what was yeah. what was that like working in a, in a completely different market? Well, the funny, the story goes like this. When um, I was asked to come to L.A. and uh, I was working with the agent at the time and I was originally asked to come to audition to go on tour with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go out to do the Dangerous Tour. Oh, wow. So mm. at that point, so it was like months and months of uh, auditioning, you know, eliminations and and then all of a sudden, it came down to they asked me to get my passport. So I was planning to go on tour with Michael Jackson at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the very last minute, Michael made a, a casting change and decided to take his old dancers. And so oh, before no. that we were going to uh, go on tour, they decided not to take. So then what happened was then the Kenny Ortega, who was also uh, the director wanted me to do a different tour and it just so happened Cheyenne at the time was uh, looking for somebody mm-hmm. and that's how I got involved with Cheyenne uh, just because the Michael Jackson uh, tour didn't work out and then the Cheyenne uh, tour did. The stipulation mm-hmm. uh, to go on tour with Cheyenne was they asked me, uh, do I have a problem being out of the country for you know more than a year? <laughs> mm. And uh, at the time, uh, I had never left the country yet. Mm-hmm. And so this was going to be my first time. And I said, not a problem. And so I packed the suitcases and I was in Los Angeles. And then all of a sudden I was in Miami. And then we were in South America, Central America, Mexico for the next 16 months. Wow. On a tour bus, small six person planes uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was from one bull stadium to the next oh i'm sure it was a, <laughs> such an incredible experience just uh throughout south america every city uh, every bull ring every concert the mexican passion the mexican latin american culture mm-hmm. it was so rich and such a great experience and I couldn't believe that, uh, you know, 
I could be doing this, uh, what I was doing, this was my job. Mm. Oh, I kept waiting for the story to like you. Then you got back home, and yeah. the, the the local. The, I was going to say yeah. the, the the local government tells you um, you weren't supposed to be gone quite so long. Yeah. And now yeah. I, I have a feeling that you went back home, and then you found went back out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, when I had gotten back, um, I originally had thought that I was going to put uh, performing uh, on the back burner so I could pursue uh, acting and music. Mm -hmm. So pursuing at that point, I, I had relocated to Los Angeles and um, I was thinking, okay, this might be the time for me to pursue what I wanted to do next and the reinvention of what I was going to be as an artist. And uh, so I wasn't thinking about uh, Madonna, I wasn't thinking about anything. And, well, that, uh, we don't have that problem on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We were always thinking about Madonna here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But life was going to change very quickly. Um, and But before even I got to Madonna, it was a weird set of circumstances because then I started working with Janet Jackson at the time. Oh, wow. And uh, That was like Velvet Rope era, correct? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, Velvet Rope. And I worked with her on that video called If. Oh, oh my yes. God, of course. Yes. <laughs> and oh, uh, so good. We did a long version of that video with Dominic Senna, who was I remember the director that of the film California. Mm -hmm. And if you remember the long version, um, there was it was like a small movie. It was a yeah. short film. And uh, I originally was performing because I was working with Jamie King at the time, who was, uh, at the time, he was just an up-and-coming choreographer who was working with Michael Jackson at the time. He must have been, like, really young, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was <laughs> like still, high school. Yeah, but talented, mm -hmm. so talented. And um, so I was originally performing with the group, but then they asked me if I would be interested in doing one of the male leads. Mm. And so that's where you see it in the long version mm -hmm. of Janet Jackson's If. So when that happened, um, ironically, I was dating somebody that I was on the Cheyenne tour with. And so I happened to be staying in L.A. at the time. And she was originally being kind of sought after by Nikki uh, for a possible part on the girly show. Mm -hmm. And I like the segue. This is good. Cause yeah. we were going to segue into how you got involved in the girly show. So this <laughs> perfect. You're right on it. <laughs> and, um, I originally didn't want to go on the I girly show. I didn't, well, I wasn't interested in auditioning. And my girlfriend at the time actually said to me, well, why don't you go ahead and, you know, they're seeing guys before the girls. Why don't you go ahead and see if you could learn the choreography and come back and teach me? And oh, how funny! I said, "Oh, I can do it. Like I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Right? No pressure." <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I just go in. So I remember I went in that day, and the funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. Is I walk in, and uh, Christopher Ciccone was there. There was another assistant with the eight millimeter camera. 
there was Keith Young, the choreographer, his two assistants, and a couple other like Chris Ciccone friends because Chris was the director right. of the girly show. So um, we all uh, were broken up into groups. We all learned the choreography and did the part. I actually got cut. <laughs> Christopher Ciccone had cut me and said and said thank you very much uh we won't be seeing you anymore and i was like okay so i started to leave and as i'm leaving outside uh keith young the choreographer and all the assistants were running outside after me saying don't go don't go don't go right and i said uh well you know it's no big deal and they said no come back inside learn more choreography and mm -hmm. so I went back inside, I learned the choreography, and then that was it. And then um, I went back to the apartment and I started teaching my girlfriend the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> All the choreography. I, this is good inside. I like the way that you double teamed on this. This yeah. was, it was smart, you know? I well, I really <clears throat> wanted her to get the job. You know, I had no thought in my mind that I was going to be a part of, you know, this project. And Madonna wasn't at your audition, right? These were like the super preliminary auditions where she's not there. Yeah, exactly. It's basically uh, cattle call the Olympics mm -hmm. of the performers from LA and then whoever she was seeing outside of LA in New York or outside of the country. So, you know, I think, some people don't realize the, you know, auditioning for these big tours, yeah. you know, it's like the Olympics mm -hmm. of performers. Did you, you have know? a specialty dance? Like, did she have that? Cause I know like as her touring went on, she eventually yeah. had people where it's like, you could do body contortioning. You could do this type of special yeah. dancing. Did she have that at girly show? Um, yes. Well, you know, for myself, I was never, well, here's the other peel, the onion, mm -hmm. is that um, I was never a, a trained dancer, and mm. I never studied dance. Mm. Uh, my main skill at the time was martial arts. Mm -hmm. And that was the first arts that, that I studied was martial arts. And I think um, in my practice and my studies of the martial arts, I've always wanted to challenge myself with learning all different styles yeah because it's movement think, it's movement yeah and so i reached a point where i felt the challenge of well how can i learn this style mm -hmm. and master this style and pull it off mm -hmm. and and so i think this is you know when i tell people i i didn't really study dance and but that's really true <laughs> it's really <laughs> just uh, uh it was just years of martial arts training that somehow I was able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I got back to my girlfriend's house to teach her the choreography, um, she actually got a phone call saying that she got a call back. And so I was very happy for her. And then I found out that um, two days later, I got a phone call and apparently uh, Madonna had seen the eight millimeter footage from the uh, uh, guy. Oh, wow. And wanted, asked me to come. Wow. And come back. And so you answer that call. And so um, I was like, okay. So 
<laughs> I remember my girlfriend being so nervous um, about to go into probably, as everybody was, probably one of the biggest auditions of mm -hmm. their life. Mm -hmm. Especially right. coming off of Blonde Ambition, I mean. Yeah, Blonde Ambition was set the benchmark mm -hmm. for Madonna live stage shows and, and concert tours. Um, I think Blonde Ambition was such an incredible show mm -hmm. with such incredible talent. You know, um, it, I can't tell you the impact that I think that that show had made for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, by the time going back to the audition process, uh, the final callback um, was at Sony Studios in Culver City. And it was only a small group of people. So, you know, that she's whittled it down from tens of thousands mm -hmm. to like this small group of like, I don't know, I forget how many. And I remember. Um, I know everybody was trying to figure out what they were going to wear. <laughs> it's Madonna, right? right. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because at the audition, right? At the audition, wow. Just the colorful outfits mm -hmm. that I was seeing were on display. Full mm -hmm. display. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I know that they, everybody was thinking about what are we going to wear. This is it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I this is not the time to rock up in a set of slippers yeah, in a row. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is go for it. And uh, I remember um, I ended up because at that time I was I had just arrived back from the UK for a couple of weeks, and I all of a sudden I was coming back rocking kilts and thermal <laughs> underwear and combat boots, right? And so I just decided I'd just go as myself. Mm -hmm. And so I showed up in my kilt, <laughs> my, my thermals, my combat boots, my hair is in twist. I love it. Uh, just, you know, because I was just come off working with Janet Jackson. And then she had said to the whole crowd, she goes, why isn't everyone else wearing a kilt? <laughs> oh, how funny. So when I heard that, I said, ah, okay, let me just do my do my part. Mm -hmm. I think I got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think at that time, everybody was still so nervous. And I remember Jill and Ruthie was still, you know, struggling with the choreography. And I remember like going over to them and really helping them, you know, go through some of those, the steps because it was probably one of the most nerve-wracking experiences mm -hmm. you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And you got to understand, too, you know, the talent that was in the room. Sure. Yeah. You know, we're talking about some of the best talent in the world, and we're talking about pros. And, you know, uh, from Carlton, I mean... If, if you know anything about Carlton, Carlton is, you know, he used to dance at Hubbard Street in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, very, very uh, good modern dance, com contemporary dance company. You know, and you see his presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You saw him in Blonde Ambition. You see, like, he's a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Luca. You know, Luca, you know, he, he was on tour with Whitney Houston. Oh. You know, he was on 
you know, probably one of the most popular shows in Italy. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, the one thing about all of these people, because you had mentioned before about styles, these these people that I was around were so talented that they could mm -hmm. do any style. Yeah. And I think that's why they were the creme de la creme. And that's why, you know, people loved working with them. Um, I was so lucky to be around so many talented people um, that were very patient with me. And gee, <laughs> let, let me ask you about uh, Carrie Aninaba, who opened the show. Yeah. Did uh, yeah. I know that she uh, worked a lot with Tina Landon. Did did she work with yeah. you on Janet Jackson in the If video? Yes. Oh, I knew it. I just um, yeah. I love Tina. Yeah, she's love, she's amazing. Uh, Tina Tina is an incredible human being and an incredible choreographer. She's one of the coolest coolest persons I've ever met. So so yeah. So then Carrie Ann was also in the tour, and yeah. then after after the after the tour was cast, the dancers were cast. How soon after yeah. did um did they tell you that you guys had to shave your heads? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that was actually that that was asked actually at the auditions. Oh, okay. Would it, oh, it was like, on, would you be okay if, if you shaved your yeah. head? Yeah, and I think that was a way for her to kind of filter people out. Back and then, not so, everybody was doing that. Yeah. And not, if Madonna asked me to shave my head, I'd shave my head. You know, <laughs> you know, like uh, you, uh, I, I, honestly, even if she, even if she wasn't asking me to do a job, I think if she just like, Can I, would you shave your head, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, and at the same time, I think if you really knew about Madonna, you would trust Madonna. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? With whatever vision she's thinking about, you know, it usually has some purpose and some story attached to it. So. They asked that early on, and then, um, you know, the whole Carrie Ann, I was actually, she, I, we were actually a bit nervous about Carrie Ann doing the poll in the, at first. I because bet. I think, we, I think we, I think she and we underestimated the height mm. of yeah. the poll. <laughs> yeah. Because originally, originally she was supposed to do that with no cable, oh, no safety uh, cable. No. And so we were like, mm, let's mm. think about this. You know, um, and people like don't really understand, like even in the cities where we did the show, that sometimes the weather was cold. Oh. Yeah, Tony, who was it that we had? It was uh, we, Carlton. We've had Carlton. Yeah, it, it was Carlton yeah. on the show, and he was telling us how cold yeah. that pole was and how yeah. freezing poor yeah. naked Carrie Ann was yeah. having to hang up on top of that yeah. pole. Yeah, and you know, and just like the pro that she is. She just took it on and, you know, and made that opening sequence just a really great eye opening, you know, opening performance. Yeah, I don't think any, I really loved that. And, yeah, I loved it too. I don't think anyone's seen a show open quite that way since. <laughs> I don't think the girls and the producers on the View knew that maybe Carrie Ann had, had done that, right? <laughs> I know, right. So, so when they did their due diligence, they're like, "Wait, did someone <laughs> tell me about this?" But it doesn't matter because Carrie Ann looked fabulous. Amazing. Mm, oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why everyone ha had a crush on Carrie Ann at the time. <laughs> well, I mean, not for nothing, but I think a lot of people had a crush on you as well because you and Carlton yeah. got a front and center little dance number with Madonna in Fever. It's quite possibly one of the most 
vibrant, yeah. vivacious, energetic performances from that show. Um, yeah. Literally you know, on dancing. fire. <laughs> yeah, literally side by side with Madonna. It's a fan favorite. Uh, how did you and Carlton get, uh, other than the fact that you looked extremely hot in that number, by the way, FYI, yeah, um, how did you and Carlton get to be a part of that number? I think... To be honest, I think that we all look the most erotic together. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You'd look the best in those tiny little itty-bitty shorts. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the story behind those itty-bitty shorts was, I remember we got called in for a costume fitting. And Dolce & Gabbana were there in town, and we go to the Sony Studios. And I remember I walk into the other side of the warehouse, and there's these clothing racks. And all there is is this little top and these little bottoms. <laughs> and I literally, I, I looked around and I said, are, are they bringing in the costumes? <laughs> and they said, they're right there. And I had that moment. And I realized what was about to happen and what they were asking me to do. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so that, I think, ended up being such a really funny moment for me. But I was so – I'm so glad that Fever turned out the way it did, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, you know, like, for me to be on stage with Madonna and Carlton at the same time, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. just the – the energy coming from them, the, their presence, their expression, their performance, their passion. It was a bit in intimidating at times, but at the same time, it was so elevating at, you know, as well. Sure. It really pushed me to try to, you know, really be connected to them, be connected to the audience, you know, because when you, have you ever felt the, 120,000 fans and that energy and that excitement just come at you. Actually, Stefan has. Go ahead, tell him. Stop it. Oh. I, I wasn't going to bring it up, Tony. But yeah, no, I uh, I got to dance with Madonna uh, during her Rebel Heart tour. She, oh. I, I was one of the lucky fans who got pulled up on stage during the okay. run of that show. So yeah, I I know what you mean. It's it's <laughs> a it's it's one thing to be throwing that energy at her, and it's yeah. a whole nother to be getting it's like a wind yes. uh, of of positive uh, i was so high for, yeah. like for hours after that show so yeah, yeah. I, I hear you you really had to i realized quickly that you really had to really focus because that emotion that passion from the crowd that excitement mm -hmm. that thrill can really really overwhelm you mm. on stage i understand you know, why madonna likes to keep going on tour because if that's yeah. that's the gift you get from people being on stage it's yeah like, and she gets so much love from her international fan base like even at sound checks mm -hmm. um they would come out in full force and it was almost like us doing two concerts you know mm -hmm. for the fans at times because we would go through the sound check which was basically the whole show you know prior to the yeah. concert and then we would actually do the concert you know but um you know fever I well, I was so lucky to do that mm -hmm. number with them, you know. And I'm really, like I said, I remember at the end of the tour, we finally looked at because we looked at what HBO the concert was going to look like yeah. afterwards, mm -hmm. right? 
And I remember Carlton and I and her, we looked at one another after we saw Fever and we were like, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was okay. It looked good. You know, so did you have a good number? Did you have other favorite numbers that you were a part of or just as the, as a group uh, from the tour? Yeah. Um, Well, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, The other numbers that I had, I liked was holiday. Oh yeah. Mm, it's a good version of holiday too. In that, in that one. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about holiday. Okay. Um, we were kind of, I think we were kind of behind in rehearsals as far as trying to get all the numbers together. And I, we could sense that Madonna was getting a bit frustrated. So, <laughs> um, we were going to start to work on holiday, uh, the next day, but, I don't think that we all thought that we were ready. So I remember uh, Nikki and Donna were having a music singing rehearsal out at Nikki's house that night. And I had said to Nikki, why don't I come over and uh, we can kind of map out at least some bones for holiday. Mm -hmm. So that way we could go in tomorrow um, and just give Madonna a framework and, you know, let's all collaborate and fill in the holes. Mm. Right. So literally, I think Nikki, Angela, myself, um, we were up to like 430 in the morning out at Nikki's house, mm-hmm. uh, putting the framework of holiday together. So what you actually see on stage was from that <laughs> night of being at Nikki's house, oh, that's so putting cool. that all together. Like yeah. choreography and, and staging yeah. wise. Oh, yeah. Nice. The staging, the choreography was from that night out at Nikki's house. Mm. And, um, the other number that I probably really enjoyed a lot was La Isla Bonita. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think visually on stage, uh, Christopher had done such a masterful job of just, using lighting, using uh, the stage and, you know, the sets. It was a really great. I think sometimes when you look at Girly Show now, if you look back on it, you know, it was a really great live concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like not a lot of special effects, but it really felt like a live show. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the thing I sort of love. The, the, not I, I use simplicity, not meaning yeah. that the, that the tour was simple, but there was no pomp and circumstance. You didn't have background screens. You didn't have pyrotechnics. Mm -hmm. You didn't have, you know, like there was no lifts. There was, you know, things weren't like flying in and out. And it was just people, people were performing. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like watching a a live stage show. Mm -hmm. And and that goes back also to Blonde Ambition, which Mm kind of set that bar. And so I think that's what I really appreciate about La Isla Bidinta and just doing that dance style um, and just having that moment with Madonna on stage. Because, you know, La Isla Bonita is probably one of her biggest hits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always a fan favorite. And to perform to that live on stage uh, with someone like Madonna mm-hmm. uh, was really like an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. MG, can you tell us a little bit about um, I guess the inspiration behind a lot of some of the choreography, because it was very unique, especially for Madonna, for example, the, uh, 
Eastern choreography for Vogue and uh, yeah. The Beast Within and even Justify yeah. My Love, which some people say yeah. it's vampires and some people say it's uh, My Fair Lady. <laughs> so, it, yeah, what can you tell us about that? My, my Fair Lady on Acid. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a more towards that than anything. <laughs> um, wow. Um, justify My Love. <laughs> the choreography. I will. I will say this. I will say this, that the inspiration and the seed of it was, yes, my fair lady, mm -hmm. mixed in with uh, a little bit of buto. Oh, that that buto, makes perfect sense. Yeah, buto is this uh, Japanese style of modern contemporary dance, which is very deep and very mm -hmm. internal. So it was the combination of My Fair Lady mixed in with Japanese contemporary buto. MG, I've been and trying to figure that out get. for the last 25 years. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So with that, I think, you know, that's kind of where that path took. I think mm -hmm. what was so interesting about the choreography, um, I think it was really a, a great collaboration between everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think that a lot of it was based on her raw emotions, mm -hmm. you know, how that body movement can express that honestly mm -hmm. for her. And I think that the style of Alex Magno, the style yeah. of Keith Young, uh, matched her primal energy at the time, what she felt connected to. Yeah, And that raw energy, that raw passion has always been, I think, what has driven her. Yeah, I, right? I, I definitely agree. And, you know, I, I, step and correct me if I'm wrong, wouldn't you say that her moment in, in this life is probably the only time in Banada's career where she's been alone on stage? You know what I mean? So yeah. she did, she took a lot of risks in the girly show and they absolutely paid yeah. off. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of her, a lot of her East, I think she, of course, spiritually mm -hmm. is always influenced by Eastern philosophy, yeah. religion, and thought. So, you know, using those movements, uh, whether it's the, you know, traditional hands in the Indian movements yep. or Tai Chi movements or Bhutto movements, mm -hmm. um, I don't think a lot of people give Madonna enough credit for her uh, understanding of the different styles of movements that she uses mm -hmm. in a lot of her numbers and tries to reinvent those mm -hmm. through the inventions of her songs yeah. on her tours, yeah. you know, which um, I think is amazing. Yeah. You know, what she, what she can do to try to, you know, reinvent herself and keep her artistic fires alive. Mm -hmm. Sure. I feel like part of the important legacy of the girly show was that, you know, Madonna was showcasing um, Asian visibility at a time when Asian talent, you know, such as you and Carrie Ann Inaba would be stereotyped in other production. Uh, what can you tell us about the reaction and feedback that you received from the Asian community or just from anyone um, after the tour ended? And, you know, people said mm. like, wow, I saw myself on stage. Thank you. You know, um, it's so powerful. Yeah, I think the most important uh, thing about that is it really made us look like 
were on the same level as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had all equal value yeah. and then some. Sure. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway from the whole thing. And I think that, you know, I can only thank Madonna for allowing that to happen, you know, uh, for putting us in the forefront, mm-hmm. understanding what we are to represent. But I think that's also part of Madonna's purpose, mm-hmm. you know, is putting those issues out there and putting, you know, uh, diversity out there uh, so that everybody can see their own value. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, for that, I'm really grateful. for. Yeah. She's sort of always been championing diversity in whether it be race, uh, gay rights. Gay rights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so funny to think that like she was fighting for those causes long before it was long before, long know, before long it was before a hashtag. Now. Yeah. Now it's, <laughs> yeah. now long it's so, ex- now it's so expected. And so yeah. just yeah. regular, mm-hmm. we forget that she was like, you know, um, I think girly show was shocking back in the day because it was yeah. supposedly depicting, you know, like a group orgy or whatnot, but it's yeah. like, she was, you know, also advocating for safe sex and gay rights and women, sure. women empowerment and yeah. and racial diversity and it's yeah. and she's doing it in the guise of a pop show, mm-hmm. but yes. it's it, you know, I mean, like Tony and I have said many times in the podcast, you know, when you see these gay dancers next to her on stage yeah. as, a, as a closeted gay teen growing up in the yeah. suburbs, I think, oh they're okay mm-hmm. because they're dancing yeah. with Madonna and she made it seem normal and which it is. And yeah. so that's, that's what I think was, what's been great about her. I really took advantage of every opportunity yeah. that I could <laughs> on that tour. If there was a room I could be in, if I could sing with Donna or Nikki, mm-hmm. if I could rehearse with them, do anything, if I could go to see a live show with the band, if I could go see part of a city with some of the performers, Mm -hmm. there wasn't a a door that I wasn't walking through when Mm. I was on tour with the Girly Show. (laughs) Well, I want to ask you about that because, um, you know, the Girly Show, you know, famously skipped the U.S. to tour the entire world. You know, it went to places that Madonna had never been to before. And as a result, you, you know, you, you were seen by, you know, for example, Australia, you know, and Turkey and yeah. Israel. So tell us what it was like to go to these countries and, and to just, you know, feel another culture and another type of fandom. It was amazing um, to feel that, that love and that passion from that fan base mm-hmm. uh, was so impressive, you know, because think about it. This is a girl that came from Detroit, Michigan with no money to New York City, climbed her way out of just, you know, out of being an artist and then made success. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she realized she has millions of fans all around the world. And, you know, what people don't know actually is that in a lot of these countries, there was some opposition to her be actually being there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, like in Turkey. Um, I remember the media, the news were against something about what Madonna maybe had talked about recently or what uh, erotica represented as mm-hmm. far as a record, mm-hmm. what, you know, people were perceiving that she was trying to say. 
you know, and things like that. So, you know, all of these destinations that we went to were incredible, but there were other sides of it that, you know, we had to pay attention to yeah. because, you know, it were uh, different, diff- dealing with different politics, different cultural people. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it was really the music mm-hmm. and Madonna is what was bringing everybody together, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of what you saw on stage also had to be a reflection of those fans. Yeah. Sure. You know, so that was also what was so amazing when you look out in that sea of people, it was the sea really that diversity that she created through her music, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was amazing to see every night in those countries, especially, you know, these countries don't, English is not their number one language as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and they are so passionate for Madonna, mm. so passionate. And uh, it was incredible. Just probably my favorite city, I would have to say, was Brazil. Mm. These Brazilians love yeah. Madonna. Uh, they are out of control. <laughs> I'm surprised they let you yeah, guys they... leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. That was serious at one point because I remember Carlton, myself, Angela, uh, we all went out one night outside of the hotel while we were in Rio. That was a big mistake. (laughs) That was a big mistake because all of a sudden we were just, all of a sudden we hear waves of feet just hitting the street and coming at us like a wave. And we were just like, we got to get out of (laughs) here. And so then we just jumped in the taxi and we had to get our way out of the city. It was like madness. There are serious Madonna fans out there and it's amazing. It's really amazing. Oh yeah. So should we skip ahead a little, Tony? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go to 1995, where Madonna released Human Nature as the fourth single from her coveted Bedtime Stories album. You and former guest Luca Tomasini both danced with her in that music video. How did that sort of come about? How did your involvement come to be? And what was it like reteaming with Madonna after a couple of years with good old Luca? On a, on, a, yeah, on a different project. Remember, Luca co-choreographed that, right, Stefan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, here, here's the funny story. Let me pre-story pre that story. Please. Um, <laughs> I had just uh, actually had gone to Madonna's birthday in Miami with Nikki. Fun. <laughs> before all of this happened. And that's actually how I first heard about the video. Mm-hmm. Right, but I didn't know who was working on it. I just knew it was coming up. Um, and you're like, hmm. I, well, at the time, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time, also, um, Luca and I were both working with Jamie King, oh. who who was the choreographer for Human Nature, mm. and so we had already been working together with Jamie, uh, with Prince, at the time. Nice. And uh, also, Prince had a uh, a club in Los Angeles called Glam Slam. Oh, I remember that place. Yeah, yeah, that we we had done some performances at, you know, because we were doing every week doing performances in downtown LA mm-hmm. at Prince's Club. So that's how we actually started working with Jamie, and then Human Nature came along. But you know, Luca and I still had to audition. <laughs> 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 it wasn't going to come that easily. 
right? Um, but what kind of audition was that though? Was that like, okay, here's some rope. Let's see what you can do with that. Or <laughs> here, go sit in that box and make it look interesting. <laughs> well, luckily, um, the rope, you know, the choreographer, I'll tell you the rope wasn't part of the audition process, but the rope was such an incredible collaborative process on how that really worked itself out. Mm. Um, we were, it was, it was like, I don't know, S&M on, you know, <laughs> Twister, you know, something like this every time we would try to work out those formations. And um, it was such a great experience. I, I It was, pro- you know, when I look back on human nature, um, first of all, it was really incredible to work with John Ma- Baptiste Mondino, yeah. who mm. was the director. Such a great his, video. Uh, his eye and, you know, his just cinematic touch is was really incredible and um you know when we look at human nature now it's still an iconic video totally yeah oh absolutely it's beautiful that's what i think Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and it will always go down as probably one of my favorite uh madonna videos do you still have the pleather that you were put in (laughs) i do have (laughs) i do have a little bit of pleather yeah I actually uh, have a little bit of everything somewhere. Oh, that's, in my that's good. You have the little itty bitty shorts from Fever. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> nice. I don't know how if I should auction that off. Well, you know, if you ever need to buy a house, it's all there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. you worked with Luca many times. I was just going to bring up yeah. um, just for fun that. You yeah. were in Sister Act 2 along with Kevin Stay, Sebastian Lacaz, yeah. Luca, and of yeah. course, um, the lovely Gabriel Troopin, who's no longer with us. Yeah. So when you guys all found yourselves in the same room, you had something yeah. in common. So yeah. um, We all got along great. Yeah, I mean... We all got along great. Um, I remember it, I was kind of like the baby of the group at the time, oh. you know? I was like, you know, these were all like Hollywood pros, Mm -hmm. you know, Kevin, Sebastian, Luca, you know, and uh, we all got along great. That was probably one of the very few times that we all actually got together, Mm. (laughs) you know, to work on work on the same job, but a different job. You know, it's very rare that, you know, we can do that. And uh, so I was just also very, very uh, grateful to be around such great talent. Oh, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they at, felt the same about being around <laughs> you. Yeah, you're you're being very humble, but your talent shown very, very uh, bright on stage. So we all we all we all have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and not only that, I mean, there was so much like undiscovered talent. You know, like uh, yeah. Didi Magno, who is an amazing vocalist, and also yeah. uh, Lauren Hill, obviously. And yeah, so that must yeah. have been like, oh, good old Whoopi. I mean, come oh, on, yeah, she's no slouch either. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that at that time, um, there were, it was a great time for music, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. with the music industry. And it was a great time for icons, you know, like Madonna, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, George Michael. They were all just, it was a great time for pop music. Yeah. You know, so um, to work on, you know, that 
music video at the time um definitely was a highlight for me definitely a highlight but for and you gotta also remember she was just about to do evita yeah and she was just about to have her first child Mm -hmm. yeah you know and i think this or she was looking to have uh lordis Mm -hmm. And I think that this really affected, you know, what she, how her, her the path of her career was going to go, and what she really wanted was passionate about. And um, so, I was so excited for her, you know, to move in this direction and to take on this incredible role uh, of Evita, mm-hmm. which she actually ended up winning Golden Globe for. Yeah. yeah. Were you able to see her on tour after Human Nature? After you, after you danced with her with Human Nature, yeah. did you see her again after that ever? Yeah, yeah uh, I did. Actually, she had come to see the Broadway show that I was in. Oh, nice. Yeah, The Life. And uh, the reason why she had come was because uh, Marty Richards, one of the producers mm-hmm. of The Life, was looking to produce Chicago. That's right. Which she was rumored which to be part was, of. Right, which she was up for one of the roles. And also, uh, they were kind of toying around with doing a movie version of The Life. Mm. And so there could have been a possible role that, you know, Marty was thinking about for her as well. You know, so that was one of the other times after post a girly show post human nature that I saw her. Mm-hmm. And then I would see them, her randomly here or there, you know, in Paris or, you know, you're both in, reaching in for the same, you're both reaching for the same Balenciaga hat. Right. And yeah. Oh, Madonna, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's always great to see her. Well, have you seen her on tour though? Have you like gone and seen any of her stage shows? Um, I actually went to go see Madame X at the Wiltern. Uh, no, I actually saw it at BAM. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Oh, I thought that was you. We were, yeah, I was gonna say we were so close. Who knows? (laughs) Incognito to avoid that Rio shenanigans, you you didn't want a repeat of Rio. So (laughs) that was actually, I really enjoyed that show. Yeah. Uh, Madame X at Brooklyn Academy of Music. Like, I think that was something that i think that she's wanted to do for a long time Mm. yeah you know and i was so proud of her to hear that she got bam to do the launch of her madame x tour yeah i I thought it was incredible yeah it was was incredible did you did you have to stay up just as late as the rest of us (laughs) yes (laughs) we're all all madonna people all about the after hours oh yeah (laughs) true MG, so um, I wanted to ask you earlier about your dance yeah. training, but apparently I'm going to have to ask you about your extensive martial arts practice because that's what informed your dancing. Um, and also yeah. tell us a little bit about your ongoing work with the Bruce Lee Foundation. Well, like I said earlier, probably the first thing that I ever studied was the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started out studying Tibetan white crane oh. and tiger claw. And then I moved into Wing Chun and Choi Lei Fut, which is all uh, martial art styles. Mm -hmm. And um, studied a little bit of Wushu. And that took up uh, probably like, you know, 14 to 16 years of my life. Wow. That's a discipline. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, I think 
all of those foundations of what the martial arts gives me, uh, you know, I'm able to apply to all different forms of my life. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, gives me some some tools to kind of take on that challenge of how can I make this Madonna style my style? Right. Mm-hmm. It was one of the biggest, uh, you know, challenges I, I could think of. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time just studying the martial arts. And I think that performing has always been one of my all-time favorite loves. Mm-hmm is performing whether it's movement martial arts uh singing whatever i think i've always loved to perform yeah so i think that i had nothing but a lot of uh ego boosting (laughs) and self-confidence awareness training Mm -hmm. uh through the martial arts and so I really owe the martial arts everything. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying because I, you know, I grew up studying uh, Taekwondo and humility is the first thing you're taught. It's like, if you don't yeah. know this, you can't fight. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's hard to understand at first. And then once you're, yeah. you're you know, training, you're like, oh, yeah. it's not about me. And, <laughs> and, I th- and the funny thing, I think right now, I think that the martial arts is more important than ever right now mm-hmm. in today's society and the issues that we're dealing with whether it's asian hate crimes whether it's black Lives matter Mm -hmm. i think the the philosophies and the concepts of what the martial arts represent uh are more important than ever today and i even think the applications of self-defense are needed more than ever Mm -hmm. uh, right now to give to empower people uh to be able to have the confidence to fight back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i think that people you know need to have that type of uh knowledge uh from the martial arts the skills the confidence to just defend yourself and and just really take on some of these issues yeah uh with confidence and yeah and also i'll i'd like to add that it's a very meditative practice so it's it's all about being in the moment and that's something that yeah. is very important right now. You know, everyone's talking about meditation and, you know, take time for yourself. Yeah. So, you know, this is another way to do it. But well, yeah. goodness knows we all need to meditate yeah. during this, this pandemic time. It's like, breathe it yeah. out, people. Just <laughs> calm down. But yeah. FG, I, I became fam- very familiar with your martial arts expertise when I watched you on Oz uh, go mm. head-to-head with pretty much everybody in the prison yard. Tell us what it was like to be on Oz and how... Um, what it's like to, to be on an iconic series, I'm sure people come up to you and talk to you about it. Uh, I, well, you know, Oz has a funny story kind of related to the Madonna story as well. All right, let's hear it. Oh, anytime. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I was going to say, I'll pull, pull up a chair, people. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Oz and Madonna, two of the things I never thought we'd talk about here on the well, podcast. Well, Drowned World Tour, um, I was originally, they reached out to see if I wanted to do that. Mm. And it was a choice between me doing that or um, Oz. Wow. Mm. That's, a, that's a tough that's role very to die, tough. let me tell you. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't know how I... Looking back, I think I could have pulled off both. <laughs> you could have said, look, but look I, HBO, you're going to air the show eventually, and I work... Yeah, you know? yeah. Look, I'm part of the, look, I'm part of the HBO exactly. family. Yeah. So let's work it out. <laughs> you know? Like, let's, let's work it out. But... You know, um, 
Oz. That's a good tour you turned down, by the way. FYI, <laughs> Drown World Tour. No. That's a that's a good that's that a good a, tour. Yeah, that was a, that was a good tour. That, that really got to me. <laughs> <laughs> that I that I should have. That's where I, I should have rethought it, and I could have did both. I really could have did both. I think. But um, I mean, they were wearing kilts. Come on, <laughs> it, it was it was a punk theme in yeah. that show. I mean, you would have been perfect. I started the trend. Yeah, you totally yeah. did. Well, the funny thing is, going back to Fever, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you know. Uh, there's a modern dance com- contemporary dance company called Complexions in New York City, uh, headed by Desmond Richardson, who is probably one of the most prominent. Uh, modern contemporary dance performers in New York City. Yeah, I, right? I know the name, but I didn't know he had a dance company. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've seen that on the marquee at the Joyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live, or, at Lincoln, I live... or at Lincoln Center. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, something like that. So uh, after one of the performances of The Life on Broadway, Desmond had come to see the show, and he waits for to meet me afterwards. I'd never met Desmond mm-hmm. before. And he said, oh, I had to meet you. I had to, I heard you were performing here. I had to meet you. I said, oh, really? I said, it's <laughs> nice to meet you. And he said, I had to meet the person that took my place on the girly show. Oh, tour. my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Apparently, somewhere along the line in the story of who she was picking to do Fever, or something like you know that role, mm-hmm. apparently, I guess Desmond was in the running at some point. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't in the running. <laughs> well, you know what? Desmond probably didn't show up wearing a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> but but I had not heard that story or knew that story until Desmond. Now, and I really had a lot of respect for Desmond, mm-hmm. his talent, and just every like one of the most talented performers I've ever met. Right, so. How this is a roundabout way to Oz Mm -hmm. is that Oz, originally I was reading for a role that was for someone else. Hmm. They had already envisioned someone else to uh, do that part. So the actual role that you see that I'm doing on Oz Uh is not the original role that I read for, but Mm. was a role that they created for me after they had done their testing and oh that's awesome fun yeah yeah so um that ended up really working out and being such a important time in my life as far as an actor i still speak to tom fontana and barry levinson to this day oh that's awesome and you know you're in good company because a lot of amazing actors recognizable names have been killed on Oz and you know so. <laughs> yeah in very in it was very the, it was the show to be killed off of yeah. well I, you know I think I, you know I'd love to give Oz its props yeah, because uh, number one you know at the time HBO was the only pay-per-view cable channel running um, alternate content mm-hmm. Uh, on TV, including Madonna right? concerts, <laughs> including mm-hmm. Madonna concerts, mm-hmm. right? And they took a chance on this prison drama that was showing full-on nudity mm-hmm. and using uh, language that kind of predated and set the ta- the tables for how content is now being run on any channel yeah. mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah, yeah. So in so many ways, you know, Oz, as far as content 
pushed the envelope, but it also pushed the envelope on, on the production side of things because it was probably one of the first shows that was writing storylines for characters yeah. that all of a sudden got killed off. Right. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden you didn't know where the storylines were, but, you know, it fell into the budget of things yeah. of doing, uh, you know, uh, cable TV. Yeah. But, you know, the great thing about Oz was I was surrounded by so much talent so much talent yeah. on that show as far as an actor is concerned and i would be on set on days that i wasn't there uh-huh. just so i can watch uh those actors you like soaking up that you like soaking up that artistic cr- creativity around you yeah, yeah. no early show you're going through those doors Oz, oh. you're just showing up yeah it was you know and you know every week there was always a new group of actors mm-hmm. maybe a new group of directors um, just the whole format and concept uh, and the approach artistically and on a production side was so great. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's some of the most talented actors in all of New York City. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Oscars and if you look at the Golden Globes, consistently over time, most of those nominees are all New York actors. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, so I'm very, very proud to be somewhere in that circle and scope of things. And I was very lucky to be part of Oz, which ironically, I didn't even know what Oz was all about when I first read about it. Mm. And the funny thing is, and I'll go back to Madonna, is that when I first met Madonna, I didn't even really know about her music. Mm. You're not alone. The, we have entered. We have interviewed many a Madonna really? dancer, and a lot of really? them are like, "I mean, I was kind of aware of who she was, but I didn't really know her music." I and- had no idea. I was listening to like ska music at the time, mm-hmm. like you know, like, like Fishbone such, and yeah, like like <laughs> not even anything close to like mainstream pop music, right? And so I remember when I had met her and she started telling me the ideas and she said, I'm a singer. I'm right. I said, she said, you haven't heard any of my music. (laughs) I said, no, you don't know Vogue. (laughs) Yeah. I said, no. And then the very next day she sent me a box of all of her CDs. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, you know, listen to it. Tell me what you think. No pressure. Literally, no was, pressure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, but yeah. I listened to everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I had a feeling that she was going to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we went to dinner. She said, did you listen to my CDs? And I said, of course I did. I said, yeah, I think you're a great writer. Ooh, you're and good. Well, you got you got top marks for saying that. I'm sure. <laughs> I said, I think you're a great writer. And she said, Well, what, what was your favorite song? And I said, um, I said, I think my favorite song from you uh, that I heard was "Love Don't Live Here Anymore," which was a remake. Yeah, she's like, I didn't write that. Ro- <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah, mine. Which, which was a Rose Rose Royce song. Right. And and she said, Well, why do you like that song? I said, I thought that that really was, you were being who you are. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of those lyrics are really personal to you. Yeah. And I think that this song really represents you. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there are other songs, of course, that I love from her, like Live to Tell and Beautiful Stranger. Mm-hmm. 
Love Don't Live Here Anymore. You know, I think a lot of these are great songs that I don't think, I think people really kind of underestimate what a great catalog of songs Madonna has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's true. You know, like what a great catalog. But um, yeah, so Oz is just one of those things that ended up being a recurring role. Yep. You know, for two to three seasons. Um, Until they killed you, of course. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, don't spoil it for me because I haven't watched it. So no, it's okay. I assumed that he did because I think <laughs> even Chris Chris Maloney gets killed off on Oz, right? I mean, I think yeah. everyone got killed off on yeah. Oz. I think if you're an important well, the fun- character, they do you in. I would well, think the- if it, it was like a rite of passage, you know, like if I was yeah. going to go on Oz, I'd be like, I better have a good death. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of, one of the things that I was actually didn't realize that um, – I was actually getting into the pod of Atabisi. Mm. And if you know anything about the show, yeah. Atabisi used to be one of the most popular characters on the show yeah. and also one of the most feared mm-hmm. <laughs> characters on the show. Yeah. So I was walking into his pod, right? Mm-hmm. He was just about leaving the show mm-hmm. and my character was just arriving. So there is this kind of, kind of like this void this artistic void of who's going to step into those shoes. And I think that's kind of where the life of Jock Kenman kind of took over and, you know, and he had a great run. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it was absolutely correct to give props to Oz because I feel like it's a little bit uh, under the radar to like, you know, the the major, you know, um, audience, because what happened is that, Soprano started after that and kind of stole its thunder. Oh. But you know what? It wouldn't have existed without Oz, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I think that that kind of set the table for tone Yeah, uh, for the HBO identity, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's why a lot of actors actually do work with for HBO, you know, because they're not maybe getting a lot uh, on the salary side, maybe, but I think that on the content side and the artistic side, they're getting good content, great writing, mm-hmm. and uh, a demand for those, you know, top-notch projects. Yeah, yeah. So, MG, tell us what you're working on right now. What's 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 going on right now and and in the future? What can we look forward to? Well, fingers crossed. I actually. Uh, kind of have been going back and forth with Tom Fontana about possibly uh, doing some kind of storyline related to the recent Asiatic hate crimes on his new show, um, Top of the Hill or Class on the Hill. Hmm. Uh, I think the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck produced a TV series with Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of throwing around uh, story ideas for you know, maybe possible season three if they get renewed. Oh, I nice. mean, that would be great. They're not yeah. sure what they're not sure which way the storylines are going to go mm-hmm. as of yet. Um, but fingers crossed. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, I spark some kind of uh, idea for mm-hmm. a possible couple episodes. Uh, you know, because a lot of what I had suggested was kind of built around reformative justice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how to apply reformative justice in scenarios like this, yeah. uh, where you deal with the culprit and the victim and how 
you know, that reformative process is better for creating empathy and, you know, a better society and, uh, you know, and things like that. So I'm hoping that this could, you know, spark an interesting uh, storyline. Yeah, no, this mm. is a conversation or, or that, like that people need to, like, just stop not talking about it, yeah. you know? It's like, bring it up, yeah. you know? It's, it's uncomfortable, yeah, we but we to, have to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, you know, having the platform of television uh, serves those purposes mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I thought that, you know, I thought maybe if uh, Tom would be open to doing something, like that, that would be great. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things I'm working on, I still work with some public and private China companies mm-hmm. uh, based in China that um, we're looking to produce. Um in Hollywood with Hollywood partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really looking to build a bridge to uh, really highlight Asiatic talent, mm-hmm. uh, emerging creatives, uh, whether they're actors or uh, filmmakers that are from China and bringing their work to the international market and, and showcasing you know their work in other markets. Yeah. Uh, and building that bridge to Asiatic talent uh, that I think that is so important for people to see people from China mm-hmm. uh, outside of all of the propaganda and the media yeah, sure. uh, that is portraying them. Change the whether narrative. Yeah. 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 And I think that whether it's, you know, the Chinese from China or the American Chinese from here, I think we have to kind of, change those narratives and change the messaging a bit, Yeah, you know, so that way, you know, our efforts can move the needle instead of being a hashtag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Make it something tangible, make it something, something realistic yeah. to people other than just something yeah. that they hear about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of my efforts uh, are kind of driven by that, uh, by, you know, really bringing diversity to the table and uh, bringing Asiatic talent to the table. Um, so we're really kind of, I'm really trying to look forward to doing that and building this small kind of, you know, foo entertainment, mm. you know, media company. Uh, we had a project that was uh, in the Cannes Short Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, a couple years ago. And uh, a script that we wrote won an award for best TV pilot comedy. So, you know, we try to go to Cannes, you know, every year, but, you know, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. it's still up in the air. If uh, They're know, having the festival, but they're not doing it in person. Did they confirm that? I think they did, yeah. I've really? been, I, I, I do awards for an advertising agency here in New York, and oh, uh, we, I don't believe they are having the festival. So I'm going to keep my fingers yeah. crossed on that one. Yeah. They're French. True. Exactly. <laughs> They're French. They do what think, they want. I think they just lifted, but some like pandemic mm-hmm. lockdown stuff. But I, th- I'm pretty sure they are not doing can in person. Well, here's yeah. hoping the market will still happen. You know, because that's yeah, that's what's yeah, true. exactly. If the market can is still happen, there's a good mm-hmm. possibility that I would love to go. Um, but you know, right now I'm really kind of trying to get these projects together. I'm also in school. Actually, oh, really? What are you taking? For, yeah. I'm in grad school for international relations. Amazing. Oh, 
Nice. Yeah. I'm sure you're a master at that already. I mean, you've been very international your whole life. So. <laughs> yeah. I love my passport. Oh, <laughs> I, I love. I my can't passport. wait to use mine again. It's yeah, been so, so long since we've been allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. Well, that would be great. Stefan, I think it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. I think it is too. Okay. <laughs> so before we let you go, uh, enjoy your day in Hong Kong. We are going to do a little lightning round, which is something oh. off the top of your head wherever you're at in your madonna journey i think you've already answered a couple of mm-hmm. these but just to double check favorite <laughs> madonna song ever i'll say live to tell Ooh, good one favorite madonna video other than the one you were in <laughs> take a bow Ooh. Okay. favorite madonna tour and yes it can be one that you were in oh I'll say the girly show. It's the best. But, then, <laughs> but I'll say the girly show. Uh-huh. It's uh, favorite Madonna tour you weren't in. <laughs> that's tough. I would probably either say Blonde Ambition or Madame X. Yeah. Mm. Uh, favorite Madonna look, and it can be from a photo shoot, a video, a tour, real life. <laughs> yeah, real life. Um, probably the human nature. Mm. One thing I do want to uh, share with you before we close, oh, yeah. yes, um, is a letter. Oh, that Madonna wrote to all of this uh, when we ended the girly show, and I think this is so indicative of what an incredible woman she is. She says to us, "Ladies and gentlemen, bad dogs and she devils." <laughs> Words and paychecks cannot express the gratitude I have in my heart for all of you. You worked your asses off for me. Gave me your hearts and souls 100%. If I had an extra week and any energy left, I'd spend it kissing each and every one of your bad asses. I'll never forget this time in my life. I'll always look back and be proud. Thank you for helping me make my dreams come true all my love madonna oh that's so beautiful mg thank thank you you for sharing that with us that's That's so generous of you yeah it was a really great moment uh she gave us that letter and and gave us each a book what book (laughs) the same book or different book for everybody uh different book for everybody oh what book did you get I got a book called Geek Love. Oh, I remember that book by um, Geek. Oh, Anne yeah. Stax was no. Uh, Very. Uh, it's about the carnival freaks. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a really. Good... I, when, when I read, when I was reading, that, I was thinking to myself, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I do want to say, because um, we go back to what you said, did I see Madonna after later? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned I went to her house for her birthday right. in Miami. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the tour, I had given her a sketch of something that I sketched. It was a scene from, uh, I think, Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. And they were, they were looking off into the distance. And in that, I wrote, uh, I am man, I am woman, I am me, I am God, I am one. Mm-hmm. Right. And I gave that to her uh, at the end of the tour. Fast forward, cut, months cut later, to. <laughs> yeah. Miami, I'm walking around the house. Nikki and I are just get, trying to find a way to just 
you know, sit somewhere. And we go up to her tower office and on the shelf, she has all these important photos, her with Muhammad Ali, her with Evander Holyfield, her with Freddie DeMann, um, her with Guy Siri. And right next to that is the sketch that I'd made for her nice. and in a, in the frame that I gave to her oh, and she nice. had that sitting up there like that. And I, I was just blown away. Oh, wow. I see if it had been a time when we had mobile phones, you would have taken a picture of yourself. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, it's a, wow. it's a very personal moment. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's full circle. I, full wait, circle. Yeah. I can't tell you the great moments I've had mm-hmm. with her. That's amazing. Just, well, yeah, thank you. These thank you for sharing so many of those with us. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I no, thank you. You've uh, cleared up so many things and you've, um, yeah, you've, you've taken us around the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if well, you ever make it to New York, please let us know next time. So you're not incognito at the Madame X tour sitting, yeah. sitting next to us. <laughs> we won't tell anyone you're here. <laughs> yeah. the, next, the next Madonna concert will go Oh, together. totally. I know. Awesome. I'm like, every everyone we speak to, I'm always like, next time you're in town, we have to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that we're all vaxxed up, it's, it's fine. It's safe. We can do it. Yeah, that'll be great. I look forward to it. Awesome. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so oh, much. Thank thanks you so much, MG. I appreciate it. And thanks to you guys, to our listeners. We we love doing these for you, and we can't wait for you guys to hear our next episode. So you can follow us on Instagram at MLBC Podcast. Uh, you can go to our landing page at MLBCPodcast.com. Also on Twitter at MLBC Podcast. And you can hear us wherever podcasts are heard and don't forget to like and subscribe and to rate and review us on apple podcasts and And mg where can we find you if people want to follow your your life and story Uh, you can find us on instagram hashtag foo entertainment awesome there we go Uh, looking we are looking forward to seeing what you're up to after this absolutely everyone um thanks again and we'll see you guys next time okay see ya bye see you later